Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hello, everyone. I hope you are all doing well as you're listening to this. We are moving into the spring months here soon. Thank goodness. Well, at least if you are listening to this when I'm recording it. And if you're having thoughts of wanting to drop some pounds before spring, summer is in full swing this year, now is the time to get started. So head over to my website, heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N to get the details on how I work with clients online to lose weight for good, help them heal their relationship with food and with their bodies, and how I partner with them to help them create the life they really want to be living in the body they want to be living in. There's all kinds of details. My prices are out in the open. Uh, There's even a section on client testimonials, so you can read through all that. All right. I am hoping that from this episode, you learn why you often continue to get stuck in patterns of behavior and thoughts that you don't really want to be doing, right? So for example, you want to drop weight, but you continue to overeat even though you don't really want to, and it can be so incredibly frustrating. And I'm going to give you some language to begin to understand why this happens and then how to begin to change it. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode And then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation like 99 cents helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. All of our childhoods do create patterns of thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. And there are ways to unwind patterns that are not helpful for us anymore as adults. So things to think about here, you know, what role did you play as a child within your family? What dynamics did you get told with regards to communication Um, within the family system, or even maybe not verbally, but what messages did you sort of receive through body language? Um, 
from caregivers within the family? What messages were you told over and over? These early patterns are then repeated over time. And so an example would be if you kind of know you were the mediator at home in that original family system, you were the one who um, kind of made everything okay for everyone. You're always coming in trying to fix things, uh, maybe because there was conflict. So you're the one who keeps the peace. Then things that usually happen, most likely you're the one in elementary school who keeps the peace or who is the mediator between friends, right? These patterns take place in our subconscious, really becoming aware of these patterns and bringing them into our consciousness, into the light, is what then allows us the power, it empowers us to choose differently, to think differently, to feel differently, to behave differently. And for most of us, yes, these patterns get set up when we are younger children, but excuse me, there can be times where these sort of negative patterns of behavior, of of thinking, feeling, behaving, um, these, I don't even need to call them negative. We can just call them unhelpful. These unhelpful patterns of thinking, feeling, behaving occur due to um, when you're older in life. It may be, you know, you were in a relationship within your 20s, 30s, whatever it is. And that dynamic within the relationship was very unhealthy and created these sort of background patterns of thinking, feeling, behaving. So it doesn't always have to come from childhood. It's just that it often does. And so the question, why do we keep doing the things we don't want to do, right? Why do we keep overeating? Why do we keep binging? Why do we keep over drinking when we really truly don't want to do those things? And it has to do with our brain and again, that subconscious and we get these patterns of thinking, feeling, behaving that really start to run automatically in the background of our subconscious, our unconscious. So first up, again, we need to get conscious of our patterns happening. We need to get aware. There's that awareness piece again. And then, you know, you really, well, one way to do that is to practice being in the present moment, right? So you can practice your five senses. So if you've suffered body trauma and you um, decide to use this technique of the five senses, please understand that it could re-trigger some of that trauma. And so this is really where you want to work with a trained therapist. You, You have to learn how to feel safe first in your body before you kind of move through some of these things I'm I'm going to talk about. But if we're looking for what are these unconscious patterns that are playing out in the brain, we want to get more into the present moment. And the five senses technique is where you go through the five senses and you're just in the moment. So you're going to, what am I seeing? And you just describe what you're seeing. No judgment here. You're just describing it. I see a blue wall. I see two black chairs. Um, you know, I see that the light is on. So you're just listing things. Then you go to your smell. What am I smelling? And you just list what you smell. You go through all your five senses. That one present moment practice, um, strategy, if you will, can really help ground you in the moment before you start to do some of the work. The more conscious we get, the more awareness we can have, the more understanding we can have. And then this is the power. This is what empowers us to give us choice, right? We now have the power of decision-making. Are my patterns that I am now aware of helping me? And if they're not, as adults, we get to make new decisions on how to think, feel, and behave. 
So remember that the brain is always looking for safety and familiar. The brain wants to always stay familiar. Familiarity is safety to the brain. So if you've done something for a long period of time and you sort of have those ruts or grooves just worn into, you know, those patterns of your, you know, your neuromodular patterns in the brain, then when you try to step out of those ruts or grooves, you try to step out of that brain pattern, the brain sees that as unfamiliar. And that's the uncomfortable feeling you get as the brain tries hard to shut it down and then go back to the familiar. So your brain is always kind of, you know, it's it's not like it's um, being mean or doing this on purpose. It's The brain is really just an organ and it's really trying to keep you safe. And that familiar, the familiar brain patterns take less energy. So the brain is always trying to conserve energy, right? It's trying to um, conserve energy for you to keep you alive, you know, make sure you have enough. So it really thinks it's doing the right thing. It's just that when we know we need to try to change the brain kind of works against us. It, it creates this, um, those really uncomfortable feelings and tries to make us stop the new behavior that is uncomfortable and not familiar. So this is how the brain patterns sort of set up in childhood and automatically run in the unconscious or the subconscious. And we need to bring them into the conscious, into the light in order to begin to change them. And Jung calls this, or Jung calls this, knowing your shadow. And that shadow side of you is the part that thinks or does things you're not even aware of until you make an effort to shine the attention or the light on it. And the brain always wants things to be easy and easy is familiar and familiar is all those unconscious patterns that you've been running since childhood or since that experience in that relationship or whatever it is that has set this pattern of thinking, feeling, behavior up that is no longer helpful for you. And this is why changing when you really, really want to typically goes back to old familiar patterns. We try so hard to change our relationship with food or not eat as much or not drink as much. And then, you know, it kind of goes on for a little bit. And then all of a sudden, boom, we're right back to overeating again. And again, these patterns don't just have to be about food. They can be relationship patterns, right? Always choosing the same type of um, man or woman who always ends up rejecting you. Um, and it can be eating and drinking patterns, using food or drink to soothe emotions, emotional patterns, always angry, even if truly feeling a different emotion, right? So you you might be in this pattern of when you get sad, you actually uh, express that as anger. And even daily emotional patterns, like um, you're kind of that Eeyore, right? You see the world as a scary place. Everything makes you anxious and depressed. When When we try to make changes to some of these things, even though we're really motivated to do it, we often, most of us, end up in the same patterns. And this then creates shame and guilt. And we all know where shame and guilt get us. It's that shame cycle, right? So we want to access the conscious brain before our unconscious brain runs that automatic behavior pattern or thought pattern that is not serving us, that is not helping us. So for example, you come home every day from work exhausted. You quickly grab a drink and something tasty from the pantry. 
uh, before you know it, the drink is gone and so is the whole sleeve of cookies or the whole bag of chips. You feel calm in the moment while it's happening. It's almost like you can disassociate and just, you know, it, it feels like, oh, I finally have this break. But when it's finished and you come out of the fog, you, you are, um, you know, we, we're thinking things like, what just happened here? Why did I eat that just now? I just ruined, you know, my diet or what I was trying to do today. Or here's a non-food related one. You're exhausted. You know, you come home from work or you've been at home all day working and your child is whining for something and you verbally lose your temper on him. And after it happens, you're remorseful and wish you had handled the situation differently. In all those moments, you are reacting from an automatic pattern of thought, emotion, behavior. And if in these moments you've trained yourself to have access to your conscious brain, you can choose to behave differently. So access to the conscious brain gives you a chance to make a different choice or decision in that moment of exhaustion. You, you have practiced creating a space to first think, do I really want the drink and all the cookies? Maybe I'll eat the leftovers from dinner last night first, or maybe you realize you're not hungry at all, but you're stressed and can use a breath protocol to regulate that dysregulated emotional system. Uh, inaccessible to the conscious brain means, or gaining, sorry, gaining access to the conscious brain means you have a chance and a choice to not yell at your child, to not eat all the food. So this gets into having a dysregulated nervous system. Becoming more and more conscious improves a dysregulated nervous system. For trauma sufferers, this really needs to go slow because you need to have a safe space in your body first. And for many people who have experienced trauma, uh, to the body, this work of being present in their body, of feeling body sensations on purpose to practice being conscious, it can actually re-traumatize a person. So if you have, and I said this earlier, but if you've had trauma in this world, you know, this this is where you would really want to work with a trained therapist, a professional to learn how to find that safe space in your body before you start doing some of this work on your own. So a great place to start to learn how to access the conscious brain is to go to the breath. So start paying attention to how you breathe. What are your breath patterns? If you start this work and um, this, and if you're like me, because this happened to me, you'll notice that you may hold your breath while you're answering an email or while you come into social contact with someone because you're anxious about it. So paying attention to your breathing. Do you have a shallow breath? Do you breathe into your abdomen? Or does your chest move up and down when you breathe? Um, you know, do you hold your breath? Do you have quick, short breath patterns when you're anxious or worried or stressed? When you hold your breath, or you know, do you breathe shallowly? Shallow. Oh, that's a hard word. Shallowly, which means you're not breathing very much at all over a period of time. You know, so if you notice your chest only moves when you breathe, that means you're breathing in that shallow pattern. You really want to have that pattern of breathing into your abdomen where your abdomen is moving up and down with every every breath you take. Um, you know, if you're not, if you're breathing in that shallow pattern over a long period of time, you, you actually really lock yourself into that fight or flight, that sympathetic nervous system response, which means you're going to create even more anxiety. So our breath can actually 
signal to the brain what it's supposed to do. So if we're shallow breathers, um, if we hold our breath a lot, really that flips on or can flip on the fight or flight or flips us into that sympathetic nervous system and kind of locks us into that as a pattern. So that creates even more anxiety for us. So there are breathing protocols. I've talked about them a lot in this podcast that can really help lessen stress instead of um, bringing on more anxiety and, and getting conscious and aware of these and practicing these things really is key to lessening that anxious response. Um, and remember that anxious response often will lead to depressive symptoms down the line as well. So belly breathing or diaphragmic breathing can be learned. Um, lots of research and science has shown that just the simple practice of a new breathing pattern can shift those anxious feelings and responses um, and remember, anxiety can come out as anger as well. So if you have issues with anger, this would be something to really pay attention to. So again, you know, what we're talking about here is these protocols, these strategies to really help us in those moments when, you know, the brain wants to stay in the familiar because we're tired, um, we're exhausted, we've had a bad day, you know, and so, uh, the brain wants to stay familiar and it's immediately triggering us to behaviors that are self-soothing, but that are not serving us like overeating or over drinking. So practicing these breathing protocols, not just when this is happening, but on a daily basis, on purpose, intentionally practicing these things is what then helps us in those moments to regulate our emotional state, which means when we can regulate our emotional state, we are then able to respond differently and not react in those familiar brain patterns. So I often recommend to my clients that you start this practice daily right when you wake up in the morning, just staying in bed. And that's usually because, um, you know, people will say, well, the best time for me to do this would be in the evening or after work. And if you can make yourself do it then, Awesome. Do it. I just find I can't. I'm just done by the end of the day. I don't want to do anything. So for me and a lot of my clients, I find that we can get this practice in, but it just has to happen right when we wake up. We're still in bed. And so it feels good to stay in bed, but we're awake. And so before we get out, uh, one of the practices would be to take just five deep belly breaths, you know, inhale through the nose into the belly for a count of two or three, and then exhale, exhale through the nose um, as the belly sort of softens for double the count. So if you inhaled through the nose for a count of two, you would exhale through the nose for a count of four, right? You just always double that exhale and just always breathe through the nose. And this is sort of, this practice is sort of a foundational piece. You know, if it becomes easier for you or you're more willing to put more attention into your breath throughout the day, um, that's really what we want, right? So starting out in the morning, as you do it over time daily, and it does need to be done daily, at least that's the research that we have. Um, you know, this really doesn't work if you take 60 minutes on the weekend to do this. Um, it's really about just a few minutes every single day. Uh, but what, what happens then with this foundational piece, piece is it really helps your brain um, kind of automatically put more attention on your breath. And what you'll find over time is throughout the day, you are going to pay more attention to your breath. You might use this breathing protocol more often throughout the day. Um, you're just going to be a lot more conscious of your breath and then the ability to use it to relax into whatever space you're in throughout the day. Um, okay, so 
the the idea here is that you know training the breath throughout the morning eventually helps what happens is it becomes habit it becomes routine it doesn't take as much energy to do this as it's going to take you when you're first starting so just know it gets easier and easier uh when we set an intention to change um you know you set an intention, I'm, I'm going to eat better, I'm, I'm going to eat less, I'm, I'm going to stop my binging behavior, I really want to lose this weight. So when we set an intention to change, we are already going to feel uncomfortable. The brain is going to feel very uncomfortable. Um, and, you know, I usually use the word resistance, right? The brain throws up a lot of resistance to this. So we're going to feel that. And it's important to just know you are going to feel that. So the change, again, as I always talk about, you want the change that you're about to do to be doable and small because you're already going to feel that uncomfortableness and you don't want that uncomfortableness, that resistance to turn into overwhelm. If it goes into overwhelm, then it's over, right? We're, we're not going to follow through on the behaviors we really wanna follow through on. So again, when you're getting ready to set that intention to make changes, you want to really think about what are some, what is something doable, what is something small that can start me out to make this change. And I am offering you this idea that using breath and, and starting to use breath work as a protocol really as a way to get into the moment, to get into more awareness of your consciousness, as a way to start to understand um, what are my patterns that are not helping me? Uh, where What's my story? Where did that come from? Because remember again, that clarity is also really important. Clarity of our story. Why are we doing this? Why do we behave in this way? Why am I using food to soothe? All those things. And kind of winding back to the start of what I talked about, again, the breathing protocol is a way to start to move into more of that, especially if you're not going to work with um, a professional to kind of figure out what is my story here? What happened? Uh, so again, small doable behavioral changes, and maybe one of those small doable things can be that breath protocol in the morning. And Starting out with something small and doable like that can make some of the biggest changes because you won't go into overwhelm. But what you will find is over time, making more changes to your behavior starts to become easier, right? Okay, so this is the beginning steps to training yourself to become more conscious, to begin to be able to look at patterns of behavior that you want to change and then bring them fully into consciousness, into the light, so you can actually begin to feel empowered and make different decisions and changes. All right, that's it for this one. Little deeper episode here. Goodness, I'm gonna have to, one of these days, do something that's maybe just a little bit more practical, right? It's coming. All right, thanks for listening. If you found anything valuable or know someone who you think might find something valuable in this, please pass the podcast along. That really is what helps me to continue putting these episodes out there. All right, do some breath work this week. We'll talk soon. Thank you. 
Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Thank you.